Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. It's the shivering. When rage grows hot as an army of red ants and forces the mind to quiet the body, the quakes emerge. Sometimes just the knees, but at worst through the hips, chest, neck, until, like a virus, slipping inside the lungs and pulse, every ounce of strength tapped to squeeze words from my taut lips, his eyes scanning my car's insides, my eyes, my license. And as I answer the questions three, four, five times, my jaw tight as a vice, his hand massaging the gun butt, I imagine things I don't want to, and inside beg this to end before the shiver catches my hands, and he sees, and something happens. Welcome to Cop on Podcast, you luscious dollop of mellow custard. My name's Owen, and I wish to thank you for being so delicious and listening in. You may, as ever, stalk us on Twitter, at Cop on Podcast. Send in your hate mail to coponpodcast at gmail.com, or even support us via patreon.com forward slash Podcast. Those opening lines were from a poem called Pulled Over in Short Hills, New Jersey, 8 o'clock a.m. by the incredible Ross Gay. Times are tough. Times are hard all over. But they're made even worse if the people in charge behave like absolute imbeciles. Bring them all down. Off with their jiggly bits. Vive l'anarchie! But most of all, enjoy the podcast. Well, the final whistle on Everton 2, Liverpool 2, went um, about 30 or 40 minutes ago. I'm absolutely seething with anger. I've got goosebumps from fury. And I didn't even know you could get goosebumps from fury because of those nincompoops, those referees, those officials who were today the referee Michael Oliver, the assistants Stuart Burt and Simon Bennett. The fourth official was Paul Tierney and the VAR was someone called David Coote. C-O-O-T-E and the assistant VAR because would you believe there were two of them was Lee Betts and I'm furious I'm so enraged at their incompetence for me there should have been three red cards we're going to get on to talking about all of it but my first question as as I'm joined by Ryan in Liverpool, by Brian in Hong Kong, and by Satinda. I'm not quite sure even where you are, Satinda. I'm going to ask, I'm going to go to you first. Could tell us where you watched that that madness. But first, my first question, my opening question, is the fact that during, excuse me, I'm rambling, but I need to. 
the two-week international break after Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2, um, had me thinking a lot, you know, after the, the disgust of losing that match faded pretty quickly and I saw things in a, in a whole, you know, soft light of time and forgiveness and repentance of, you know, the sins... Uh, on behalf of our players of our, and our defenders of the last match. And I was thinking, well, you know what? After winning the Champions League two seasons ago and the Premier League last season after 30 years, I don't really mind what happens this season. For the whole season, I'm still riding the joy of the last two seasons. And yeah, we'll give it to someone else this season. But after today, Sir Tinder, my blood is up and I've never wanted to win the the league more than I do now. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. You can take it either way. I choose to be optimistic about it. Of course, I'm angry. I really, if if I were the referee today, or any one of those um, two people who are in charge of VAR, I would really be asking myself the question whether I'm fit to be at this level. I really would. The officiating today ruined what otherwise was a very good game. And in my opinion, yeah, I, I was determined, like you, um, to make the most of last season and enjoy the fact that we've won our title for, for the first time in 30 years. But honestly, from what I've seen, we're better than the rest of the league by some way. It's not a top two, it's a top one. And then there's Man City, and then there's a collection of clubs in which Everton will probably count themselves now. But, you know... I'm, I take from it that in the context, we could have had our heads down. And I know Liverpool sides that would have been badly damaged by the Villa result. I know Liverpool sides that would have lost a key player in a game early on and would have bowed their heads. And you know what? We just kept going and we just defied kind of any setback. And I think we played the better football. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It was great to see Thiago get the whole game, even when they, Everton did their best to take him out at the end there. And I, w I was really pleased, all in all, I have to say. And yes, I want the win again this year. I'm not kidding myself. I don't want to give the title to anybody else. I think we're the best team in the league. We've just got to have the luck. So far, we, we got that drubbing at Villa and you have to hold your hands up. But today, you have to say... You really do have to say it was all against us. Um, and the officials really just, what are they doing at this level? I really don't get it. And by the way, I'm in Cheshire in Nantwich. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Excellent. But the pain, the pain is being felt around the world of, as you say, they're incompetent, the buffoons. But Ryan, you're, you're like Sir Tinder, you're Are you looking on the bright side? You said in the WhatsApp group that you are. I am, yeah. So I have to live with these filthy mongrels for most of the year. And I'm so me, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, like, for me, a lot of last year, we had all of this, oh, Liverpool, 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 VAR's giving you the title. And now Everton have had that, that crutch that, well, at least we can, you know, moan about VAR at them and, and they haven't really got an answer. And now that's gone. That's gone because if VAR does its job properly, Pickford does get sent off, uh, and and obviously the goal should stand at the end. Absolutely, yes, it should. Here's why I'm made up. Well, not made up, but here's why I'm looking on the bright side. Jordan Pickford has 
shat the bed there and has basically been given a, a, a pass for it because his position's all wrong and that's what inevitably allows Henderson to score from the position that he shoots from. Now, with that not becoming a massive goal and Pickford shitting the bed again in the derby, Ancelotti's not going to drop him straight away. So Pickford's going to carry on playing. Might he even play himself back into some sort of form? But, you know, before long, eventually the, the mistake is coming for Pickford like, always, like it always does. And in big games, he is going to shit the bed again and it is going to cost the Ev time and again. Because he's going to, basically, he's going to come away from this game giving himself the full Patrick Bateman as he beats himself off in the shower going, I'm the man who took out Virgil van Dijk and got away with it. And it, it's that level of arrogance that he carries permanently where he's got his shoulders back and his chest out and he's giving it the big and even though he's shorter than me, that ultimately is his downfall. The other thing I really like about this game is how much like uh, Evertonians have been hyping up this team as the best team they've had in 30 years. And I don't disagree. I think it's a fantastic team by their standards. And then watching them play against us today, all of the quality went out the window and it reverted to type. It was very much throw yourself on the floor, complain to the referee, try and buy a free kick uh, and, and work from a set piece. Both of their goals are headers. Um, rather than like some actual good football. And, and, and don't get me wrong, the, the second goal is actually a good goal. But what I'm trying to say is they're, they're not a good pass inside. They're not going to play teams off the park. Uh, certainly not the big teams based on this performance, because when it came to the crunch, it was look for set pieces, moan at the referee, and try and hack the talent off the pitch. So for all of their bluster, they're not actually that good. They're absolutely not. I, I 100% agree. Um, we had 22 shots to their 11 in total. Uh, but if you actually look on understat.com, uh, they've got you know the actual positions of all of the shots. They had uh, they managed to have five in our box, so bravo to them. We had 15 in their box. Um, and you're right, we're much, much better than them. You can say to those those mongols, those, um, those wild... Um, I don't know, am I allowed to say idiots? I mean, I'm allowed to, it's my podcast, but is it fair to call all Everton fans idiots? Probably not. But, um, you know, there's something missing. Let's just say it that way. There's something missing with Everton fans, um, and there's also something missing with their team. They're not as good as us, Brian. They're not as good as us. Uh, we should have won that match. We would have won that match had it not been for those bastards uh, with the whistle. How are you? Yeah, fuck those guys. Honestly, I'm not good. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the game. I think the boys played very, very well. I think uh, across the park, with the exception of maybe Joel having a couple of rusty passes, I think we, we, we gave a very, very good account of ourselves. And um, Everton basically did what I thought they would do. I mean, the, 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 the Everton hype train, I think, is a bit premature. Um, and we were the first real team that they faced this season, and they didn't get a sniff of the ball for the entire time. They were playing long balls up uh, over and over again, and, uh, yeah, they just they got away with one there, didn't they, really? I mean, the keeper has a couple of worldly saves. He shouldn't be on the park. And then no, it just feels like at the moment none of the calls are going our way, and um, I just... 
what can you do? You can't say. I mean, I, you can't say anything about John Oliver. I, well, I don't think. I think he just he ran the game. You know, well, well, you pretty well. probably can't say much about John Oliver, but uh, Michael Oliver. <laughs> Michael Oliver, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my John Oliver. Oliver, John Oliver is already. And um, oh, I, you know, I, I think I jinxed the game actually because I was watching it with a mate here, and when we scored that last goal, I went straight into. Do they know it's Christmas time? And, <laughs> and uh, then I was just trying to will the bar. Um, and yeah, it's a sickener. I mean, there's nothing else you can say. I mean, it's look, they're going to lose their one of their top players for three games now. I even if they didn't have him, I, I'm not really that worried about them in terms of the overall um, for for challenging us for the league over the course of the whole entire season. It's a derby. We 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 didn't get beat. So I'm, I'm philosophical about it. I mean, I think we gave a very, very good account of ourselves and we can kind of push on from there. Yes, it's very true. It's very true. You could say that we absolutely hammered the F2-2 and it would be a, you know, a fair description, probably. Um, I mean, before the match, uh, John Barnes was being interviewed on LFC TV. Very great to see John Barnes, the amazing John Barnes. Um, and, and he said, um, you know, derbies are made for players like Steve McMahon and Duncan Ferguson and not people who want attractive football. But we did our best, Satinda, didn't we? I mean, we played some lovely stuff. Tiago Alcantara in particular. I'll just give you a couple of stats for, for his passing stats, just because they're exciting. Uh, 76 passes in the match. Uh, 92.1 passing accuracy and this is the stat that I always look at uh, anything above you know 84 is superb 92 is mind-blowing and uh, he's he looks right at home Satinder absolutely he's um, the thing about world-class players that's why I wasn't bothered about him coming in as early as he had to albeit not ideal circumstances against Chelsea because players of his sort his ilk should be able to hit the ground running they know how to run a game, and I thought we didn't let ourselves panic at, what, at all today, and that's what really impressed me, in spite of the result in the last game, um, in spite of the fact that fortune didn't seem to be going for us. We just kept playing our game. We tried to play our game. There was only one side playing football, and Thiago is a reason for that. But there were others, too. I was really impressed by the sort of calming effect he had on us. And um, for me... That's that's really going to be what's going to matter in the long haul in this race. And uh, yeah, absolutely. What an introduction. And he's already a fixture and long may it continue. Yeah, fantastic answer. Absolutely. Long may it continue. That, I mean, Richarlison could have broken his leg. And that's one thing we have to be very, very, very thankful for is the fact that Tiago was, he didn't have his weight on the leg that got absolutely thwacked by Richarlison but it wasn't the only red card that should have been of course Pickford should have been a red card and then there was another one when just after we scored the second goal um, James Rodriguez put his foot up and made contact with Fabinho's face which in again according to the rules of the game that the referees didn't even know about that's a yellow card a minimum in anyone's book for dangerous plays, an automatic yellow. So James Rodriguez should have been sent off as well. So they should have got had three red cards. But um, I'm delighted that, that 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 Kevin's here from Malaysia as well. You've just joined. Is that you, Kevin? Is that you? I can see on the in, in this conversation. 
Uh, hi. Yeah, yes, it's me. It's, it's Kevin here. Hi, Kevin. How are you feeling after after that mad result? Well, I I would say that I'm absolutely speechless because uh, I think VAR is to- totally a very shamb- very symbolic thing in in the whole game because I mean it, it played a role. It played a very very vital role in denying us our goal. That was a deserved goal. Well, yes, it was absolutely a deserved goal, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we were just talking about how the how nonsensical uh, the the decisions were throughout the game. Throughout the game, they were absolutely terrible. But let's uh, let's look on the let's look at our performance. I mean, let's go through a couple of the couple of the key moments. I mean, the goal, the first goal after just two minutes. Um, Trent did a lovely little nutmeg on Andre Gomez, and I'm sure the Everton fans who live around you, Ryan, are you know, are they still going on about how good Andre Gomez was? He was awful today. Um, so Trent nutmegged him. He did a one-two with Virgil Van Dijk before the Pickford incident. Um, Trent fizzed it into Salah. Lovely, came inside beautifully, and then a great uh, sort of you know, Mane tried to flick it to Robbo, but he missed it. It got to Robbo, and he did this bit of magic around Seamus Coleman and then knocked it back to Mane. It was a lovely, lovely goal and we played some gorgeous stuff, Ryan, didn't we? We did. You know what I love about Robbo? It's the way he runs. Like the, the run he's making is the most important thing in all of the world. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching him. It, he's just, it makes me feel like he's one of us on the pitch in a way that like, obviously Trent's one of us, but in a different way. But I, I thought throughout the game we played some really, really good stuff. I thought Bobby was a lot better. Like, I wouldn't say he's back to completely his best, but I thought he was a lot better today than he was against Villa, which was important. Uh, and, yeah, I, I'm just I'm really positive about our team. I thought we needed a reaction after the Villa performance. We got it. Um, not just in terms of the, the quality on the pitch, but our attitude uh, to, toward the game and, and towards doing... I think I think it being the derby helped focus a lot of minds because I feel like we were just a little bit slack in in the Villa game in terms of our mentality and Henderson coming back in. It being a derby, we were just right at it, like right at it straight from the get go. Uh, so yeah, quite pleased with our performance. Yeah, great stuff. And you're right to mention Henderson. He was absolutely terrific today. And had that goal stood, um, you know, people would be. Uh, you know, uh, raving about his performance more, but because the goal didn't stand, I mean, that's the way it works on TV with all the pundits, they tend to then ignore it. They only talk about how great people are if they score or do some kind of crazy assist. But Henderson was was, was brilliant, Ryan, staying with you. Uh, it was, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's fabulous to have him back. It really is. I thought his passing range today was brilliant. I think maybe... Maybe we've just underappreciated Henderson's passing range, but I feel like Thiago coming in has made everyone go, oh, we've brought this amazing passer in. Is it because my passing's not good enough? Well, I'll show them. And, and Henderson, you know, he, he plays that ball over the top for Mane uh, against Chelsea where, where Christensen gets himself sent off. And again today, he played some lovely, like, long diagonal passes over, the, over to the left-hand side. And I just thought... Technically brilliant today. Attitude amazing today. You can you can hear them constantly digging people out and, and telling people where to be. Just I love him. I love that lad. I do. Great. Oh my captain, my captain. Thanks for being back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
terrific stuff. It's wonderful to have him back. He had uh, he had two tackles um, uh, today. He uh, offensively, three shots, two key passes, one dribble. Uh, it was pretty much everywhere. His passing accuracy wasn't so good. It was 81%. But as you say, he was trying lots of interesting passes and trying to get us moving and barking at the players and organising things. And it's the pace of the passes and, you know, the, the ground he's able to cover. He really is a brilliant player. Um, but let's, uh, I mean, let's let's go through the, 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 the team. I mean, um, you know, f- starting from the back, uh, Adrian... Uh, his passing accuracy was 50% from uh, 22 passes because he kicked long a lot, uh, which was nice to see. Uh, most of the time that just went nowhere, just went back to Everton, but he didn't seem to take many risks today, Satinda. And I was having kittens, as the expression is. I, I, I mean, I had, I had several litters of kittens every time the ball went back to him. But he did fairly well and he made a couple of good saves. What, do, what did you make of his performance, Satinda? Hey, as one of his uh, vocal critics normally, I have to say it was good. It was solid. That's what you want from a keeper, especially when it's a stand-in coming in, as he has done twice for us now over the last two seasons. He's coming in, if he keeps doing this sort of thing, which is average, it's solid, he's kicking long, he's not trying to do anything fancy, it's fine. I mean, you know, the, the disruption to the lineup wasn't his fault. The lineup itself, I thought the the 11 we picked was absolutely the right one. It was the one, you know, you would have picked and said was our strongest. Uh, some people have been questioning uh, Bobby's form recently, but um, yeah, it was, it was fine. And I think the goalkeeper performance hats off. We can't just be critical of him. We have to hold our hands up and say, yeah, I thought he was decent today. He did a good job. As long as he doesn't try to do anything fancy and just knows his limits and works within them, I don't think too many people or nobody that's been too harsh on him could criticise him for that. So all in all, yeah, job done, really. Yeah, very good. Yeah, thank you very much. I I, I would agree with that one. Um, Brian, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, one tackle only in the whole game, two clearances. Um, Passing-wise, 82.7% passing accuracy, so it's pretty good, from 52 passes, seven crosses, one accurate cross. Um, he he was okay, I thought, Trent, but, but you know, he actually had two shots, you know, both free kicks, of course. He, the first, One of them was a great save by Pickford, who should have been off, of course. Um, but he was at fault, I think, for, or one of the, players at fault for, for Everton's second goal in that it was way too easy from for Luca Dean to to get that ball across to him I don't know what what did you make of Trent yeah I mean I think he was okay I think he was he had a decent enough game I mean I agree with Ryan when you were saying earlier on about Robbo we actually said it when we were watching the game I was watching it with my friend here I think he just looks like a guy who's woken up and you know his dream has come true and he's playing for Liverpool he's like he, he just he, he he just looks like a kid in the candy shop and it, it translates into his game. And essentially they're basically the same player as, you know, such a kind of very, very similar. And so far, I think Robbo seems to, I don't think Trent is keeping up to the kind of pace that Robbo is setting. I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh on him. It, it, it was good. I mean, for that second goal, I, um, I, I actually think uh, Hendo should have taken one for the team. Um, and, and I, I, 
throughout the whole 90 minutes, I didn't think once take a professional foul, except for then. I just thought they're breaking down the left, they're breaking down the flank, and they have a guy who's good in the air in the box. Um, just just put a tackle in, just just stop it. Um, but you know, I don't know. I mean, he he. I think a lot of uh, a lot of teams have. I wouldn't say they figured him out, but they've definitely identified him as a as a part a place or a part of the team where you can kind of get some joy out of occasionally. So, notice the balls were still going in to, to his side quite a few times during the game when they when they had the luxury of having the ball. Um, but yeah, no, overall, overall, you know, good. You know, I just think uh, it's, I think maybe Denise. I, I think he will benefit you hugely from having Hendo back in the side. Um, and being given a bit more freedom to express himself down the down the, down the the flank, but um, yeah, no, I mean overall, I've no, no complaints about him. Pretty solid game. Yeah, great stuff, great stuff. Um, uh, moving into the centre, uh, Joel Natip, um, he uh, he had one shot, uh, the header that was another brilliant save by Pickford, who should have been sent off. Um, defensively, Joel Matip, only one tackle, one clearance, uh, no interceptions as well. So pretty similar to to Trent Alexander-Arnold. But I thought he did quite well, Joel. I mean, his passing accuracy, not very good for a defender, only 80.8%. But he was trying to break some lines occasionally and occasionally he gave the ball away. But uh, I thought generally he won everything in the air. He was uh, pretty decent uh, in terms of you know, positioning and presence whenever Everton on the rare occasions when they did um, attack, and I thought I thought it was a, it was a decent comeback. What did you think of uh, Kevin? What did you think about Joel Matip? Well, I think that uh, coming back from injury, um, this performance, I think uh, well, we should give credit we should give credit to him because, as you said, his uh, his passing was okay. He was trying to break up lines, uh, find spaces, and get the ball uh, faster to the to the str- to the forwards, uh, but uh, I think uh, defensively that that goal that goal that we conceded the header by uh, Cavalier, I think that was avoidable because when the ball came in, I I noticed that both defenders I, there there is a lack of communication and uh, so they open up the chance for Cavalier to uh, jump uh, to leap and get the header. So. I think maybe uh, the communication between him and Gomez, uh, maybe maybe that's a bit of a thing that they should improve. Uh, yeah, because uh, at the beginning of the game when uh, when Van Dyke was still there, I think he was more uh, steady. He was more confident because you, you know you have a you have a world class uh, centre back uh, partnering with you. But uh, well, uh, lots to improve. But uh, credit should be given to uh, to Joel. Uh, good work. But would you? So I mean, going forward, let's let's hope that Van Dyke, Van Dyke's injury is not serious. But it looks like it's something. God, it, it looks it looked pretty bad to me. Like it, it could be a couple of weeks at least. Um, so that's you know basically matches are thick and fast now. Every three days, he's going to miss probably four games at least, uh, in which we'll see if they both stay fit. Joe Matip and Joe Gomez. How happy are you, um, Ryan? Uh, that uh, you know, with with those two, Matip and Gomez as a partnership going forward. I'm not going to lie. I do have my reservations. I thought Matip looked great when he when he played today. Um, generally, I'm a fan of Gomez. 
but neither one of them are Virgil van Dijk. He is the best defender in the world, uh, which which is why I have me, me reservations there. I think if he's out for uh, three weeks, hypothetically, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a medical professional. I have no idea how long he's going to be out for. But if he's out for three weeks, that includes the Man City game and includes all three, uh, all of our first three Champions League games. So I'm hoping it's just one of those where it, it's a knock and he's fine in a couple of days because um, I, I really don't want him to be out for a meaningful period of time. That being said, I do think we are, you know, as Jürgen calls it, the mentality monsters and not for nothing. So, sure, if, if Virgil's out, we'll find a way because we always find a way. Last season, we had Alisson out and everyone went, well, if Alisson's out for a meaningful period of time, then they're going to have real problems. And we found a way. And I think we'll find a way again. But it, it, is, it is quite concerning at the same time because he's boss. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But, I mean, you know, the worst-case scenario is that is that uh, Virgil... I mean, let's say he's out for six months, Ryan. I mean, it, I mean, let's you know, let's imagine this this situation. I'm not a medical professional either, but you know, the the nature of the impact that I saw about five times from Pickford, who should have been red carded. I'm going to keep saying that. Sorry if it's annoying, but it's just I I just can't believe it. Um, the nature of that impact jarred. You could see it jarred his knee, and that's often. You know, not that I'm a medical professional either, but it leads to ligament damage, that kind of thing. If he's out long term, um, Ryan, would would Matip and Gomez be your first choice, or would you stick Fabinho back there? Matip and Gomez would be my first choice. Actually, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on that immediately and say no, it wouldn't. And I'll tell you why. Neither one of them have got the the most stellar of injury records, particularly Matip. I think given the amount of games that we have in such a short space of time, we're, we're essentially playing every three days now until December. I'm not sure they can hold up to that kind of schedule, so I would alternate both of them with Fabinho. Um, I, I'm, I just hope that Verge is all right. Yeah, damn right, absolutely. But yeah, no, that's an idea. What do you think, Satinda? Would you be happy with them going forward? Well, I think it says everything that... Uh... Gomez wasn't in the starting lineup today. Um, that's that's an indication of what maybe the team think of his current form. Obviously, he's been asked to step in. There's no criticism directly towards him, but uh, yeah, I think I'm hopeful on Van Dyke really because he walked away. He wasn't stretched off. It wasn't. It was a fairly lengthy stoppage, um, and the physio was there with him for a while. So that's concerning. But the fact that he managed to walk around the pitch and go off in that fashion rather than being stretched off and with his leg in a brace, I'm a little bit more hopeful that he can probably shake it off with uh, maybe a game or two out. Uh, and as far as the pairing goes, I think horses for courses on that. I'd pick Gomez and Matip for games like Sheffield United. I don't think Ajax are going to be swinging in the ball, hoping to get lots of headers or, or anything like that. So I'd probably go with maybe Fabinho dropping back. I don't know. Just as I say, the big, the big indicator to me today, what I thought might happen rather than wished would happen, was that um, Gomez would get a start again. Uh, and he didn't. So I think that sort of 
should give you an indication for his form and how the team feel about him. So the spotlight's on him again, unfortunately, whereas he probably could have done with a game or two away uh, and letting sort of Van Dijk and Matip um, cover the games. But uh, it's it's pressure now. Um, we didn't go into the transfer market for another centre-back. It's worked for us up to now. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully Van Dijk won't be out for too long. As I say, I'm hopeful. He did not leave the pitch in a fashion that to me said that's an extended absence. So fingers crossed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, you're making me feel better. Thank you, Satinda, for the uh, for the optimism. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, Joe Gomez, um, today he had no tackles, uh, no interceptions, four clearances. He did quite well when the ball was sort of, you know, bouncing around the box. I thought he did really well. But, Brian, in the first half there were a couple of times when he was backing off Calvert-Lewin and it led to a couple of shots um, and there were other times there was a time in the first half I think it was at least once perhaps twice where he just didn't even jump with a high ball so he let uh, Calvert-Lewin uh, jump and get a header and then when the second half started um, he won a fantastic header against Calvert-Lewin and I thought wow maybe Klopp's had a word and said that he should challenge him in the air every time but then the goal happened Brian and I just felt so sorry for Joe Gomez because it's a big high profile match um, to, to to make a kind of mistake and for me um, he's made a high profile mistake but uh, you, know, I'm, I, you know I have faith in him what did you make of Joe Gomez today? Yeah, I mean, he's okay. I mean, he, he he doesn't look like he's on it still. Uh, he's a player that uh, is um, uh, he's lacking a bit of confidence, and and he's a player that has for so long now has walked around with quite a lot of swagger in his game. Um, and um, now it's a testing time for him, right? Because he he he's he's under the microscope, uh, game in, game out. And uh, he's going to have to play through uh, this difficult period where people are looking, taking a very close look at him. I mean, he's still a very young player. Um, and, you know, w- w- we need him now. You know, I, I, it's like the question is, does Klopp continue? With, I mean, he's got, there's going to have to be some rotation, right? Because they, they, they won't be able to play. Him and Matip won't be able to play week in two games a, a week. Um, all the way up to Christmas, so you know I think you'll see Fabinho in that role um, quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I felt for him because, as you said, I mean, Verge just makes everybody look so much better. Um, and to his his get his first game back after that horrendous uh, game previously, and for you know Verge to be taken out of the game like that, and then um, he's essentially playing um, out of position uh, with a another centre-back who's coming back from injury um, with a backup keeper. <laughs> it's, uh, couldn't, in a derby <laughs> away, it couldn't be a worse set of uh, circumstances. Um, so, I mean, really, he needs to, I think he needs to be supported. He needs to be backed. 
uh, we need to be. I mean, we're going to have to play him. So it's not like we can put him on the bench. We don't have any other options. We, I mean, there are players there, but it's you know it's too much of a risk really to to, to throw in an, un, a young player or an untried centre back at this stage of the season. So we we will see him playing regularly now up until Christmas. I'm you know fingers crossed about Verge. I mean, yeah, he I did say some. He he did walk off the pitch, and that's very encouraging. But equally, you know, he's not a player that 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 goes off you know he plays through pain a lot right so for him to say that he can't carry on um you know is is a bit of a worry um but uh, hopefully the football gods uh the the knee gods are uh, kind to us this evening because i think you know people will be like googling knee injuries for the next two hours around the world and uh praying to whoever they pray to that uh we get a bit of good news tomorrow but um yeah look i think um i think we're just gonna have to support joe and uh we're gonna have to be quite clever in how we play hopefully he has you know good players in front of him that um that allow him to play through these difficult times that he's going through at the moment but yeah, I mean, I think overall he was he was okay tonight. You know, he 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 wasn't completely on it. He wasn't imperious, um, but I think he's going to take if if he does get back to the form that we all love to see from him, it's going to take two or three games uh, of him just doing doing the doing the simple things consistently. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the simple things, um, and uh, yeah, just a little bit more more aggression in the air. Uh, but he's he's got so many other wonderful attributes. So yeah, we're going to stick by him. Um, yeah, uh, for the left, I mean, to to go to Andy Robertson, I'd, uh, I, I want to actually talk about the entire left-hand side, Kevin, because um, it's very interesting that Everton had a sort of very typical, you know, Barclays Premier League uh, right-hand side in terms of they had uh, Seamus Coleman, they had uh, the, the, the work rate and the, and the skill of Abdoulaye Ducouré, and they had uh, James Rodriguez as well. But then that was their right-hand side. They were up against Andy Robertson, Thiago and Sadio Mane. And I don't know um, any team in the world, perhaps Bayern Munich, who can come up against that left-hand side of Andy Robertson, Thiago and Sadio Mane and actually sort of come away unscathed from a game? Because that just, that's just beautiful, Kevin. Yeah, yes, I, I do agree. It's, it's Our left-hand side is top class. Uh, we, we can't deny it. And uh, playing against the Everton side, I, I would say we did quite a fair job. We, we got the chances. We tracked. We tracked back a lot, and also like uh, Thiago, you know, he, he finds the space. He uh, he open opens up play, and, and very confident about. He he is he is definitely world class. But uh, I think the evidence side they, they actually show that they they can do a job uh, despite not having uh, a, a similar quality of uh, of you know players players like us. But uh, I I would say I would say that uh, maybe. We can we can do a bit better against Everton, but uh, Carlo Ancelotti um, made it uh, showed showed us that showed us that they they can you know they can actually perform well in big occasions, especially using players like that. So, I, I, um, well, I'm I'm running out of words there. 
Mm, oh, 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 praises for both sides, yeah. Yeah, really. That's very, no, it's good. It's very, it's very fair. It's very fair to give give Everton praise because, um, uh, yeah, I mean, they certainly tried their best. Uh, you know, the ones that weren't committing prison-worthy attacks on our players, uh, well, they, they, they did pretty well. Um, yes, I don't know if the Metropolitan Police will actually be in touch with Pickford or, or Richarlison, but they should... They should do. Um, if you did that kind of thing on the street, you would be going to jail, I would hope. But, um, you know, down that left-hand side, you know, moving into the attack, uh, Sadio Mane was, again, joyously brilliant. Um, he had four shots. He had two on target. He scored one goal. He had two key passes. Um, he did two dribbles. He was fouled six times. Because uh, that's what they did. The only thing they could do to stop him. Uh, Passing-wise, 76% passing accuracy, which is good for a, for a striker. That's a good performance for, a, for an attacker. Um, he moved around. He was dangerous. He had two key passes, uh, two crosses. One of them was accurate. Um, and he was generally an absolute joy to watch, wasn't he, Ryan? I thought he was absolutely incredible. Um, we obviously all love Sadio. I think there's a genuine argument to be made where we play him up the middle and get, again, this comes back to the need for rotation, but playing him up the middle and Jota on the left is, is something I'd be really interested to see because I think Jota looks really um, exciting in the little bursts that we've seen of him. I want to try and get him into the side as well, but with Sadio in the form that he's in and also with the versatility that they all have, like I really want... To, to see those two in the same team at the same time terrorising the defence as well as Bobby and as well as as as, as Mo. It, I don't know how you get all four of them on the pitch at the same time, but like, I'm really excited by our attacking options. I thought Mane was brilliant today. His touch is fantastic. The way he can turn on a, on a dime is... Um, it's brilliant because he gives us so many options and, and his work rate going backwards as well. There were a couple of times where like he's snuffing things out on the edge of his own box and then and then ten seconds later or even less than that he's he's being a menace up the other end of the pitch. Um and I cannot say enough good things about Sadio Mane. he's an absolute joy to watch. I, I mean he he's just he's getting even better. Um Satinda was he was he the the outstanding player for you because we also we have to talk about Mohamed Salah because Mohamed Salah it, you know as I said before 76.5% passing accuracy for Sadio Mane is, is decent for an, for an attacker who's trying to make things happen all the time but Mohamed Salah's passing accuracy was 89.7% which is out of this world for 90 minutes his touch was terrific that goal that Salah scored was mind-blowingly wonderful with the outside of his left boot that that stroke that vicious whack right into the corner even Pickford who should have been sent off could had he had nothing that he could do from that genius of Mohamed Salah but I don't know talk to me about Mane talk to me about about Salah please Satinda well, I think in this sort of situation again today uh, you you saw the best of both um I thought Mane, he, he doesn't have an average game. He, he, he's always giving it his all, um, regardless of whether that's going forward or, as you just said, when he's, when he's tracking back. 
Um, he's just a wonderful player to have on your side. And our front three, I would say he's the pick of the bunch for me. Um, I know Salah started like a house on fire this season. And yes, uh, true to form, I, I was saying about Salah and ball retention and not being great today. He didn't seem to be able to sort of uh, withstand the crowd that he got around him from Everton players, but that's just because of how good he is and the reputation he's rightly earned. So he's always going to be under pressure, but I think money's probably better at that sort of thing in sort of getting forward, retaining the ball. But um, Salah goes and shuts me up with a fantastic goal. I mean, if, you can sort of take the view that if you do nothing else, uh, but put the ball in the back of the net, what, you know, that, that's a great day, but yeah, his passing accuracy, as you've just said, it was out of this world. But I think in terms of keeping the ball and getting the ball up um, in the opposition sort of penalty area, uh, Mane, I thought, was outstanding today. Um, and, uh, yeah, Salah scores a wonderful goal. So it is, you, could, you could moan a little bit a couple of times when he did lose it. Everton kind of turned us very quickly and... We're on uh, into our penalty area before you knew what where you were. But, um, yeah, uh, both outstanding players. Um, I think earlier Ryan was saying, how do we get Jota, um, Mane and Salah and Bobby in the team? Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have that problem. And it's good that we could probably even vary the formation a little bit and maybe have a three behind a one or something um uh, in terms of the forward the forward line so yeah it's it's great it's good to have both of them obviously um Salah's goal today it's just wonderful isn't it you're not you're not keeping that out it's just outstanding and uh yeah um it, it's uh, it's good that they both seem to be on form i think the bobby question you you could argue does it show up statistically the work that he does and how he might make our formation click i don't know but uh, certainly with those two there aren't any big worries they're both doing well and you know it's they start the season in the way that you'd want and you'd hope absolutely yeah interesting you mentioned Firmino um nice little stat f- for you today i was i was doing my research on lfchistory.com or .net .net and um, uh, it was the first time that the front three have had ever started a match together at Goodison Park. They have only played, sorry, excuse me, grammar. They had only played before today one Merseyside derby. That was back in 2018. That was a one nil win at Anfield. It was the first time they'd ever started a match together the front three and Bobby Firmino he took a hell of a heck of a lot of stick last time um for what was you know in in honesty a pretty poor performance his passing accuracy was in the 60s 62 percent or something like that today it's shot back up to 82.8 percent from Bobby Firmino key passes he had two of them um, and he was, he was, you know, he still maybe looks a little bit jaded if you compare him to his, for example, 2018 form. But I think he's, I think he's generally, I think a lot of the talk of his demise was uh, whatever the word, what the, whatever the word is, uh, overblown or something like that. Brian, what, what, what do you think of Firmino? Uh, yeah, look, I think he was, he's getting back to where, where, where we, what we expect from him. Um, he had a, he had a really solid game today. 
um, he he does seem to have lacked or um, some of the sparkle he had to his game um, uh, last season when he's totally informal, he's happy and he's playing with a smile. Some of the stuff that he pulls off, it just leaves you sitting back in awe. You know, he you know very uh, similar to Thiago. You know, he just pulls off passes, back heels, particularly the back heel. We haven't seen the back heel for a while uh, when he's in the mood and. Um, yeah, look, it was a it was a it was a huge improvement today on the the Bobby Firmino we saw last game out, um, and uh, you know he 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 he'll get there, he'll get there. I mean, I I think unfortunately the way the way football punditry works is you know the the journalists smell a story, and uh, they circle, and he's he's a story at the moment because he he hasn't scored a goal or you know he lacks goals, so every time. A fixture goes by and he doesn't score a goal um, and the overall vibe in Liverpool's not perfect and, and just running like a well-oiled machine, then the microscope gets at, you know, taken out immediately and they start to look for villains and, and people that they can write a story about. It's the nature of the game, it's the nature of the beasts and he's the most obvious you know, with the exception of Adrian, he's the most obvious story at the moment. It's like, oh, where, you know, he hasn't scored a goal but, you know, I think most Liverpool fans after seeing him in that game, would be completely happy with what they saw out there. We'd all love him to score a goal, um, but uh, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back in, in in the goals very very soon. He doesn't look like a player who's bereft of of of, uh, of confidence or anything like that. But it just uh, he just needs he just needs one go one to go in off someone's arse to get him going again. And uh, I'm sure he'll be banging them in again for us. Yes, yes, let's hope so. Um, I had a look at his stats the other day, actually. Um, um, it, it, there's a general sort of decline in the past uh, two, two or three seasons with, with, with in terms of goals, but his assists have actually been going up. So, you know, in the Premier League anyway, and uh, he's already got two this season. I think he got eight in total last season. Um, I don't think there's that much to worry about from Bobby in this, you know, the unique player, the unique role that he does uh, with us. Um, but there's only one more player to talk about, uh, Kevin, uh, that we haven't mentioned uh, from today. Kevin uh, Fabinho. Uh, what did you make of his performance today? Well, I think he bossed the the midfield, especially uh, in the holding role, uh, slightly just in front of the centre halves. Uh, uh, I think the uh, tackling rate and also uh, interceptions was, I think was was decent as well. Uh, but at times a bit bullied by by the uh, the Everton midfield. Uh, well, uh, I would say that uh, the the injury of Van Dyke it, it really maybe maybe affected his game a bit because uh, you know you have a bit of com- more confidence. Uh, some someone just behind you uh, picking up the pieces and whatnot. So, uh, but all in all, I think he. I think it was a decent outing for Fabinho in, in the uh, CDM role. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yes, indeed. You're right to mention his tackles. He had six tackles in total. So, you know, um, double the next best in our team, which was Sadio Mane. Uh, so, you know, brilliant stuff from Fabinho. Six tackles. I thought, yeah, he was good. I didn't really see him getting bullied too much. But uh, there you go. Um, yeah, but, you know, we've been through all of the team then. Um but, you know, one thing I would like to talk about in general is just the squad depth. We're moving into Ajax. I'm going to ask you soon to 
pick your team for Ajax. Uh, but just if you can tell the strength of a football team by the quality of its bench. Our bench today was Kelleher in go- uh, as the goalie, Vineldum, Milner, Gomez, Jones, Minamino and Jota. And that, I'm going to go to slightly different order, that one, Satinda, our squad depth is 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 really exciting because there, there are players who, who aren't even getting on our bench who have got a lot of quality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've already talked about the back line and the potential issues there, but I think generally um, we've got a lot of options. And let's say Thiago has to sit out because of that, frankly, horrendous tackle today. Um, then I wouldn't have any problem with sticking Curtis Jones or a Genie Wijnaldum in and um, be confident that those players could perform for us. Obviously, you know, we, we'd miss a little bit from uh, the calm and control we had today, which I, I say again, I was so impressed by. Um, and, I, and I'm putting it all down to Thiago, whether anyone liked it or not. But I, I did. I was really impressed with that. It was a sign of a very... Very mature side, but yeah, we've got options. Um, we've got them up front. We've got them in midfield with Fabinho being able to drop in at the back. We we've got that option too, uh, and it wouldn't weaken us uh, in any perceptible way. Especially as I said earlier, I don't think we're going into a dogs of war situation with Ajax. Um, in the same way, this was the best Everton side in living memory. And they still had to revert to <laughs> football against us. Let's not forget that. Pre kickoff, this was the greatest Everton tide in 30 years or so. <laughs> well, at so, least. They, and, and, yeah, yeah, at least. And, and so we, we have to recognise that and recognise how good our performance was in that context, as well as the Villa defeat and the injuries. So, yeah, I'd have no problems with the squad depth we've got, the level of players we've got to come in. And even at the back, I think that against Ajax, I'm. Um, if um, Fabinho can do a job against somebody like Werner, who's got two today, by the way, um, then I'm sure he can do a job against most players. So, yeah, if we needed to change it up a little bit at the back or even in midfield or even up front with Jota now and Minamino, uh, I'd be confident. I, I, I would think that uh, we're, we're good um, for, for squad depth, really. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Fantastic answer. Um, yeah, just a, one more thing. Ancelotti versus Klopp, in case you... Uh, in case you were wondering, um, they played each other nine times in total. Uh, each manager has won three times, lost three times, and now it's drawn three times. So maybe it's just the universe writing itself with that absolutely crazy match. We're going to put draw a line under it. We're going to look forward to uh, the next match, of course, uh, as, as we've just mentioned, is Ajax away from home on Wednesday. Very, very exciting. Then it's Sheffield United at home, Midgetland at home, and West Ham at home, all in the next 14 days they're coming thick and fast now but Ajax Ryan um, I want you to pick a team I want you to go from fr- uh, from back to front from the goalkeeper and uh, then we'll talk about it after uh, OK Adrian goal right back Trent left back Robo centre back Matip and Gomez midfield three Henderson Van Alden Thiago if he's fit if not I'd like to see I'd really like if I'm picking it's not who I think Klopp's picking is that right yeah, yeah, it's whoever whoever you you would pick. Curtis Jones, Curtis Jones Curtis. in that midfield from three of uh, uh, Mane, Firmino, and 
Salah, yeah, all three of the front three, and we can just just get the the Champions League group stages off to the best possible start, get the win, and then we can rest players later on if we, if we're looking like we're we're going to qualify quickly. But I, I would like to see Curtis Jones get a game because I really like that kid. I think he's great. But only if only if Thiago is injured. Only if Thiago is injured. If Thiago is not injured, uh, and and is is up for it, then yeah, absolutely start him again because what a player he looks to be. Yeah, absolutely. But so, you, so why would you drop uh, Fabinho for Vijnaldum? Uh Because Genie needs to get some games because he's Dutch and because uh, we're going to be playing in the Amsterdam Arena. I think it'd be something special for him. Um, so that's a big part of it. Why would you drop Fabinho? Because I think we're going to. Uh, he's done a lot of travelling, uh, coming back from Peru with the Brazil team. So is Firmino, to be fair. Um, but I think we have a little bit more flexibility in our midfield. And I think with Sheffield United coming up against, uh, coming up at the weekend, we're going to need Fabinho for that game because I think that one has a capacity to be a little bit more dogs of war than, than the Ajax game is going to be. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, uh, yes. Uh, Brian, what do you reckon to that lineup? Yeah, it's tricky, really. I mean, I just, I, I, I can't get my head around. I've just got uh, tunnel vision on the centre-back situation at the moment. That's kind of colouring all my all my decisions. Um, that's the one thing that I would um, pay particular attention to. What's the best, um, what's the best plan for that? Uh, I think the rest of the team kind of sorted itself out um, for the most part. Um, I mean, I'm right thinking that Ajax away is our most difficult game. Um, in the Champions League, uh, in the in the in the in the in the state in the group stage anyway. Um, so I mean, you could argue if we if we get a result here, it could be the most important result, you know, of 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 our Champions League uh, games before the knockout stages. Um, so I mean, I'd be tempted to go with the same side um, uh, and maybe. Uh, uh, rotate Bobby out uh, and play play Jota um, and put uh, put put out our Mane or, or Salah up front. That would that would be the only change I would probably be, be making. Yeah. Okay. So you would drop uh, Bobby and bring Jota in uh, and play Mane central. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I I, um, I would try to keep that team for now anyway. Uh, to keep us at this as similar t- team as 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 came out today as possible, um, I don't think it's the time to rotate just yet. Uh, I think the players are still kind of fresh, and um, it's not like they have a lot of games in their legs. So I can I think we some of these a lot of these players can get away with playing a couple of games a week for a few weeks anyway, and then we'll probably have to start ro- rotating a bit more heavily. I just think this I, AX game is quite an important game, and if we could go away there and, and get anything then that's that puts us in quite a good position uh, in the Champions League anyway so you're keeping Fabinho in midfield for now okay I thought okay. yeah I thought he I thought he was really good I thought he was back to his back to his usual self again I think uh, he, he, I would keep him in there I would um, I would be um, uh, I'd be tempted to to, to to start with Genie and, and Hendo and maybe maybe keep Thiago on the bench uh, as a as as somebody who come on and change the game later on if we needed to, um, 
and uh yeah i mean I, i'd be tempted to drop bobby um um and and, and give Jota a game um and that 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 would be the only changes i would make yeah fair enough fair enough okay um i've got to say i would do i would do something different to all of you so far but i don't know this is the the beauty of the squad depth that we were talking about before kevin what would you do against ix amsterdam well against ix uh i i would i would swap uh either joe uh joe gomez or matip out and uh replacing with fabinho in center back uh, because i think uh as you said the injury record of uh, Matip and also Gomez hasn't been too great, and uh, too many too many matches in this uh, very short space of time. I think it's, it will it will maybe give them a bit of a fatigue. So I would go with Fabinho uh, playing as centre back, and uh, I would agree with uh, Brian uh, for bringing Genie Genie in, giving Genie some game time. Uh yes, and uh, he is Dutch, and he's he will be playing in his home country. I think it would work because he, maybe he can you know, uh, <laughs> tell tell uh tell his teammates uh, what what the opposition are saying in Dutch. <laughs> yeah, then uh, <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah, and I I will, I will also drop, drop uh Bobby yeah, and replacing with Jota on I mean uh, replacing. His spot with Jota and uh, let Salah play in centre, and I think that that will be also Jota's uh, first Champions League game, if not mistaken. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh oh yeah, for, for Liverpool, yeah. Uh, he I think he played for Porto once upon a time, but uh, that, that, this will be his uh, Champions League debut for uh, Liverpool. Yeah, so I think that's that's uh, my suggestion on the uh, starting eleven. Great stuff, great stuff. Um, and uh, Satinda, what about you? I think we've all got broad agreement. I I would go with the drop Fabian for another game at centre back just to get used to playing that role. He's done it for us. It would be good for him to do it again. As I say, I don't think we'll be playing a football playing side as opposed to a team against Ajax. So we can we can sort of try him again at that position because it may become a necessity um, in this season. And yeah, I, I would I'd probably drop Jotter in, give um, Bobby a little bit of a rest. Uh, and then the midfield, um, as I say, I'm not, I'm not sure about Thiago. I think that today he did take quite a whack. He he managed to complete the game, put him on the bench and bring him on, I think, as uh, Brian was saying, um, and give Genie a game, um, perhaps even Curtis in the midfield. Um, it'd be good experience for Curtis, especially um, in the Champions League. And yeah, might be a bit of extra boost for Genie to be playing in his home country. And, um, you know, uh, he's absolutely proven for us in, in, in European games as well. So um, there's not much danger there and there's no drop off. Yeah, interesting stuff. I would, I would play James Milner. Um, no one's mentioned him. King, the real Hammers. King James, the real King James, because um, I think uh, his experience and stuff in the Champions League, I think we're going to have to learn to play without Vianeldum at some point. I mean, I get what you're saying. It'd be a nice emotional thing. I would I would certainly not complain if he started, but uh, I was thinking maybe a more more a midfield of, of uh, Thiago if he's OK. And, and I like the Curtis Jones call, but I think, you know, Thiago Henderson and James Milner, because um, let's not forget he's got you know more assists than anyone 
in Champions League history for one single season, which is a stat that I'll never get tired of bringing up. Um, anyway, I think that pretty much brings this episode to an end, I suppose. I mean, I want to thank you all, for, all four of you, for for joining me. I'm still, I'm not, I'm still not comfortable with the fact that we, you know, we were robbed, royally robbed of two points today. But I do think that this. You know, if we are going to look on the bright side, there is a certainly a big shining bright side is that we are absolutely freaking brilliant at football and we're going to win more games than we lose. And you can take out the best goalkeeper in the entire world uh, and you can still hammer teams in your domestic league. And I think, um, you know, it, it all bodes well. It makes the Aston Villa result look a freak result already, and that's that's a very reassuring thing. Um, but yeah, thank you all, thank you all four of you for for being so kind to share this in this group therapy. I hope you're all feeling all right, and uh, yeah, thanks. All right, thank you.